Genetically, mushrooms are more like humans than they are plants. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What's up, Charlie? I felt like I didn't come strong last week with the the pigeon. Like I, it, it didn't feel like it was my best work, so I decided to come a little, a little harder with the off top this week. I mean, this one made perfect sense. I mean, me and you, we're both fun guys. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, I'm hesitant to now hand you because you said you had some football questions for me. And so I was going to hand the show over to you, but I feel like that awful joke makes me not want to involve you anymore. I I got it though, because I can bridge it back. You know who's someone whose body is likely mostly filled with mushrooms during the offseason? That's Aaron Rodgers. Well done. That's really... Allegedly. Hold on. Do you have on a French shirt? Are you... It's an oh. it's a, a Killian Mbappe warm-up shirt. Ooh, Mbappe. Yeah, I, I got the game on too for those of us or for those of you listening. We are recording this while France has a one-nothing lead. So hopefully they hold on to it. All right. Go back to your um your magic mushrooms joke and tell me about Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so a story is sort of emerging in Green Bay, and it's from Jordan Love. And the report it's been posted on Yahoo, it's been posted on Pro Football Talk, everywhere, is that if Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay as a starter next season, Jordan Love would be not happy with it. He's patiently waited his turn. And from his camp, if Rodgers is back and starting, Jordan Love will seek a trade in 2023. This is fascinating because I don't think it's just a question of what's Aaron Rodgers' value on the market, what's Jordan Love's value on the market. It's actually sort of a game of liar's poker strategically of how the Packers are going to handle this. Mm -hmm. And I wonder from your perspective, how you think they should play out the string with this over the course of the off season and the rest of this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you always want to have a plan, but you want to be flexible. So they had a plan when they drafted Jordan Love, it was time to move on from Aaron Rodgers and his play had declined and they had successfully, the organization has successfully transitioned from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. So I understand why they thought they could potentially do it again. Then Aaron Rodgers showed up and won back-to-back MVPs and was the best quarterback in the league again. And that plan changed and they were competitive throughout this whole process, making it deep runs in the playoffs and having even up into this season, a lot of people thought, they were a Super Bowl favorite before right. the season started, and then it went bad. So as much criticism as we've had for Brian Gutekunst and that organization, they've had a lot of success and dealt with a star who, I don't know the right adjective. I feel like mercurial is the like word that most people would use if they're trying to be kind and mean at the same time. But he's talented, and he's... uh fickle i guess and it's been challenging and they i think they've done a decent job all things considered i don't think um leading up to that they did a great job but at, leading up to the drafting of jordan love they did a great job of managing the relationships but since then they've done a good job right the drafting of jordan love you could argue was a mistake because that's the first round pick that you could have done something else with i think that's the easy argument not not you could argue that's the that's the normal reaction but Aaron Rodgers also responded. So I don't know that you get that you get the Aaron Rodgers that you got without the drafting of Jordan Love. 
And what came with dra- drafting Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers playing well was they kind of handed over some more decision-making power to Aaron Rodgers, and they ended up handing him a lot of money. And they were kind of married to him in the same way that most franchises are married to their star quarterbacks. You know, like not very many franchises do this type of – no franchises really do this successful transition. Like, I don't know, Montana to, to Young? Uh, who else has gone – from and, and aside from the the Packers, yeah. who else has gone from great quarterback to great quarterback? And they, they tried to do it three times in a row. Right. Or they tried to do it twice in a row with three different quarterbacks. That's really hard to do. So back to the original point, you need to have a plan, which I'm sure they do. But that plan needs to be flexible because I think what it comes down to is what is available. And the tough thing is you can't shop Aaron Rodgers. And if you shop Jordan Love, it's over. Well, okay. Here's the thing is, if you were to shop Jordan Love, and I'll, I'll, I'll toss this back to you in a second. Would you want him to play more this season? Because he's looked terrible yeah. the last two years. But this year, he's had that one performance two six for nine, like 115 yards. Christian Watson did a lot of the work. Would you want that to be the only tape of Jordan Love from this season? Because I would be tempted for that to be the, the only memory of him. It has to be. So it's a hard question for me to ask, for me to answer. Cause I'm not with them. Right. And if Jordan love is like, he didn't officially say he wanted to trade. It was just kind of this guy, Kevin Wildy. No, not Kevin. It, um, it was uh, Jason, Jason. There you go. Jason Wildy um, was saying that he got a feeling, you know, and then kind of tried to walk it back. But I understand why he would want to be out. I think what it boils down to is they have more information. <laughs> they see him every day. And if they thought he was the second coming, they would have moved on the same way they did with Brett Favre. But to be fair, Brett Favre's play did not also skyrocket back up like Aaron Rodgers. So I guess it it depends on what they're seeing in practice. Do they think he's that guy or do they not think he's that guy? Um, If they think he's that guy or they think they can orchestrate some success, they could uh, duplicate what they did with that was Matt Flynn, right? That they had a succession game. Yeah. And then he went and signed a big deal with uh, Seattle, which then he ended up not even starting that year because Russell Wilson, the third round quarterback came in and took over that team. So the thing that I think is kind of interesting here is how you go about operating this off season, because right. we all know how difficult it is to, it's going to be to move Aaron Rodgers' contract. We also know how, how um, emotional he can be, which I don't mean as a negative, I can understand if somebody tried to trade me after I'd been the best player in their franchise history, I could understand being emotional. So that's what I meant by you can't shop him. You have to trade him. <laughs> and how do you find out what value you can, you can get without shopping them? So, and I think the same thing is probably true for Jordan. Well, it's not true to the same degree with Jordan Love. You could shop Jordan Love and then bring him back and that's fine. But I believe, given information that I have, they need to trade Jordan Love right, or whatever they can get and continue to lead in because they already made their decision. When they signed Aaron Rodgers to this monster deal, they made their decision that they are going to go all in on the end of Aaron Rodgers' career. And that's the move you got to make, right? I, I personally, I agree. I don't think I would play Jordan Love another down, even though, I, even though Aaron yeah. Rodgers has sort of postulated like, oh, if we're mathematically out, I could shut it down. No, 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 no. 
We want no more bad tape for Jordan Love. We have two years of bad tape and then one quarter of decent tape. Um, but I do think it's worth noting. I think we've created this narrative that this offense is like bereft of talent around Aaron Rodgers. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Aaron Jones is having the best season of his career, and he's spoiler alert. We're going to talk about running backs a little bit, but he's one of the running backs that can do a lot of things. It's interesting. Um, Christian Watson. That's a name that really matters because he. I don't want to sound hyperbolic. He looks like the biggest freak since DK Metcalf, and they picked him in the second round, and he was dropping passes earlier in the season. And Aaron Rodgers actually was prescient when he said, "Be patient. This guy's really young," and he. The touchdown luck will regress. He's had something like nine touchdowns over the last five weeks. But the fact that he is this physically dominant in the NFL, he has rare, rare, rare traits. And that is someone you do not find in the second round often. Yeah. And yeah, he doesn't look 6'5 because he moves so well, but he's also 6'5. And he has those plays that it looks like everyone else is running in quicksand on occasion, which is rare in the NFL. Those are Tyree Kill-esque plays. Uh, NDK Metcalf-esque plays, those type of things. So, yeah, I think that what they have there, and then you go over Rashawn Gary when he's healthy is outstanding. Um, Jair Alexander is incredible, uh, incredible corner. Like, they have important pieces that are hard to find. I think they go all in on it and continue to, to try to chase this final championship with Aaron Rodgers. And I think the decision was already made for him. So the last thing about... The Jordan Love thing that I wanted to bring up is I feel you on the not showing any more bad tape, but you got an old quarterback over there. You don't, like, yeah. Yeah, it's not worth it to me. <laughs> like, let's go out here and show bad tape, try to orchestrate it so the tape looks good so we can trade them or don't trade them or keep them. The the priority is not getting them is not to get the most you can get on a Jordan Love trade. The priority is to set Aaron Rodgers in this team up for a championship run next year. So if Jordan Love needs to go out there and destroy his trade value, then by all means, do it. Because we are not going to go get Aaron Rodgers hurt. What What do you think the trade value is for someone like Jordan Love? Like, I don't the way know. He's played, like, like a fifth or a sixth round pick? Something yeah, like like, something that's not impactful. Yeah, like, so it doesn't uh, totally matter, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't matter a whole bunch. I, I think fifth or sixth round pick is probably uh, it's probably about right. I guess, unless there's, yeah, I don't know. You got to find somebody. Yeah. I mean, Darnold went for a second, but he had more pedigree and it had some higher highs, I guess would be the, the case. But it's, it's very strange. Like I'm looking around the NFL now and there are teams that are going to need quarterbacks next year. Like always the entire NFC South, every team in the division needs a quarterback. The tough thing with Jordan Love though, is he hasn't shown much and he also will be coming up on a contract soon. Yes. Or yeah. Or at least a franchise tag or something like that. Yeah. Some sort of um commitment from a team. But I mean I, I think there'd be people or there'd be teams willing to to bring them in. The Lions or somebody like that willing to bring them in for a cheap price to let them compete and, and get a closer look at them. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. 
Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. All right, what's next? Okay, next is a discussion I've been thinking about um, since the offensive renaissance in San Francisco sort of started with Jimmy G getting hurt. Mm. And that's the discussion that's become like a lightning rod online. The discussion online is do running backs matter? And I don't necessarily think that's the most interesting part of, of this debate. Like we've right. seen the way Christian McCaffrey's success can change an offense. Some running backs do matter. And what I wondered to you is one, who are the running backs that matter? And are we thinking of it wrong? Does it have to be the Ezekiel Elliott's who are like, you know, pound the ball, uh, be able to get you 4.8 yards of carry? Or are we thinking of it totally wrong and that there's this new role that's like a hybrid slot receiver running back? And these guys, as the short passing game becomes more and more important, do matter a lot, whether it's Tony Pollard, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones. Depends if you think there's tread on the tires with Alvin Kamara, guys like that. Are we just undervaluing this position as a whole if you are a team that is close to being put over the top? Um, I think the right way to think about this is moving closer and closer to positionless mm-hmm. football and game changers matter. Right. And if that purse, if that player is in the running back position, yes, they matter. I, I, what it boils down to for me is somebody that you have to, that the opponent has to game plan for every week before a game, we would go through a bunch of information about the opponents. One of the things we'd go through is the roster. And there'd be a few players that were separated from the rest of the roster that had um, a disproportionate amount of our attention. And you're like, hey, this guy was a pre-Olympic track athlete. So always when he's on the field, no worries. And it wasn't always the best players. It was just like some guys you need to be worried about. And to be clear, the reason why we cared about the, the, the pre-Olympic track athlete is not because he was good, but because he was dangerous. Right. And, you know, and so like there were better players on the team. And of course, the stars of every team, we we definitely look at Randy Moss and like you all know about him. We look at all the guys that you had to worry about. We talk about them. And I think that's why I think about it more as positionless is like you can put these guys, the game, the guys. And I think we're on the same page. The guys that we all agree matter with the exception of Derrick Henry are guys yes. that can do a bunch of different things. And be and become problems because the difference between Debo Samuel 
and I guess Christian McCaffrey, since they're on the same team, or actually it's probably more accurate to think of somebody more like Tony Pollard. Right. You will saying like the difference between them is, is small, you know, and where you or like the difference in their body types, the difference in their uh, skill set is not as big as you would think. So uh, if it's a tight end, if it's a running back, if it's a quarterback, so like the hard and fast rule of that people like on the internet are like, don't pay your running backs a bunch of money. Like, I guess I get it. If you only want to hand them the ball, you know, well, isn't that, isn't that whole discussion? Cause I, I do want to spin this off to Saquon in a second. Cause he's someone who I, I left off that list intentionally. Cause we're going to get to a point where he's going to get paid this off season. But I, is it possible that the, the secondary question to don't pay running backs is don't pay running backs unless you're a team that can be put over the top. Like coming this offseason, if like Kansas City or oh, Buffalo God. could go after one of these top tier running backs, wouldn't you want? Isn't that the type of team that should pay Saquon? Isn't he more valuable to the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills than he is to the New York Giants? That makes sense. They're finishing peace. I think we grew up in a time where I'm a little older than you, but like I grew up in a time where the, the centerpiece of the offense was the running back. Right. It's like you built your offense around a running game and a great running back. And the stars of the NFL were running backs. Like we showed up for Barry and Emmett. And those were the guys that we talked about. And I know we, our revisionist history is like heavily focused on the quarterbacks of those eras, but I was there. I remember getting up on Sunday morning and being excited to watch Barry Sanders run. And that mattered. And I knew like, even as I was coming up and how I absolutely know it's true is you mimic the the stuff that's cool. And I wanted to be a running back pop Warner. I wore number 20 because I wanted to be Barry Sanders. I have none of his moves, but that's what I wanted. And that's not like, if I came up these days, Oh yeah, hell no, I don't play no running back. Yeah. You just, you just get beat up. So yeah, I think you're right. That makes a, a ton of sense that that's why I think uh, they paid Derrick Henry and they paid. It's about how you structure the contract too. It's like Derrick Henry, they didn't make some long-term stupid commitment to him. Like when they signed him on his extension, it was like ostensibly a two-year deal, I think. And then the commitment was much smaller, but I do think also it's the types of running backs and body types change in the sport and players change in the sport. And you're seeing less and less of those like old school running backs that can't do much and more and more are like big slot receivers who can do a number of different things. And we see those guys that are, are versatile. And I would not think that it's bad to pay a guy like that, particularly if you know how to use them. Is that what it, that's what it comes down to It's like, no one is, no one thinks it's dumb to pay Debo Samuel. And I guess some people think it was dumb to pay Christian McCaffrey, but I, he seems like he sure is taking this. It wouldn't be dumb for the 49ers. It might have been dumb for, I guess this is the point you were making. Dumb yeah. for the Panthers. Like, hey, don't let Christian McCaffrey get out of here. Now all we got to do is get an offensive line and a quarterback <laughs> and some receivers and a defense, and we'll be right over the top. And this, there's something really interesting with this, too, because I, I want to go through some names in a little bit uh, of, of this. But there's a point you made about Derek Henry. I think it's worth noting Derrick Henry to me, and I, I wonder if you agree, is actually one of one in this era. Yeah. Like he is the only guy who is, he's not one dimensional because he can catch those screen passes. He can, he can take runs, but he is 
there's not a lot of versatility in the way that he you're does. not lining he him up in the yeah. slot. You're not like you're you're not creating personnel problems where the defensive coordinator is not sure whether it be in base and nickel because Derrick Henry's on the field. They yeah. know we're going to be in base. Get all the linebackers we can out there. So I want to go through because I, I think he's like he's a running back who's an old school running back, but he matters like he is mm-hmm. totally special. I want to go through these guys and I want to ask you like. I know these guys have traditional good counting stats. I know they're, you know, theoretically good. But in the sense that we're talking about, matter, don't matter. Can they put a good team over the top? I want to I just quickly run through these guys. Josh Jacobs. He's leading the NFL in rushing 5.2 yards a carry. Hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my answer is going to be yes for everyone because what you're talking about is putting this guy on the bills, putting him on the chiefs, something like that. Right. Yeah. We'll see. And I'm, I'm saying to me, it's like guys who actually move the needle. Uh Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Josh Jacobs doesn't, I was going to say Josh Jacobs doesn't move the needle, the versatility. Um, I should look up his numbers to be sure that I'm right, but uh, the versatility isn't there for Josh Jacobs for me, but I think that no, contending team would be made worse i think there would be a, a difference if you yeah. add him to one of these teams so that's why i kind of feel like yeah if if one of these top teams could grab him then it matters uh, josh jacobs in the backfield with with a healthy lamar jackson yeah i think that matters here's a spicy one nick chubb yeah so nick chubb is at 100 this is yes but you're gonna try to argue no because he doesn't do the past and stuff but nick chubb is uh he is the closest is your offense have. better with him on the field? Are, are you going to point out some stats that says it's not true? Because those stats I've are got, wrong. I've got no statistical back. No yeah, I don't. I, I, I like stats. I'm not hand in the dirt. F the stats guy. But if you think that your offense is made better by not having Chubb, then that's a problem. I think, yes. Again, it goes back to my point. It's like who you're game planning for. And that gives you versatility and flexibility. I would love to have a guy who can run like Nick Chubb and catch out of the backfield like Christian McCaffrey. Those guys are hard to come by. It's just Tony Pollard. <laughs> yeah, and he, I mean, he don't run like Nick Chubb. Yeah, I just got him. But, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think you're going to, it's going to be hard to get me to find somebody that says no, because right now in my mind, every model I'm dropping, every person I'm dropping into the Chiefs, and I'm like, damn, Nick Chubb in the backfield, that'd be sick. Josh Jacobs yeah. in the backfield, that'd be a damn problem. And maybe it's just because... It's that it's that Chiefs test that we came up in the early weeks of the show is like, would this team be better with the Chiefs or would this player be better with the Chiefs? Right. Um, to me, this is like and I feel like right now we're half baked on where we're going to get with this. And I, I, I think we'll revisit this in, in coming. But I think it's fascinating that like yeah. the way that we're I think if you had asked me. 14 weeks ago, I would have said. Half of these guys that I'm going to say now would move the needle for a playoff team. And I think I've come to realize this season with the way that defenses are changing in the NFL with the too high stuff and the shell stuff Mm. that running the ball and having these long drives is really important for these teams. And these guys can be finishing pieces. It's not just scheme. It's not just offensive lines. They're like, like, yeah, you can run the ball without a good running back, but it sure is nice to have a great one. It's personnel stuff, too. It's like we yeah. talked about before. It's like everybody on defense is getting smaller because uh, everyone on offense is 
throwing the ball a lot more. So it'll swing back to having that advantage at some point. But if the rule changes make it tougher to do that too. And I don't think I can remember a season where it's like, okay, like we're going around the league. I can't remember seasons, but not in like the last five years where it's like teams' entire fortunes have changed because of running back performances. I, I feel I feel that way for yeah. the Cowboys. I feel that way for the Giants who have no other real offensive players. I feel that way with Derrick Henry's renaissance. I feel that way. Um, you know, on Christian McCaffrey. On. You didn't yeah, say McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. which I think, even though it's only been a couple of weeks, that impact has been huge. Yeah. Kenneth Walker. I think you could even say that with, yeah, Kenneth Walker, even Ramondre Stevenson. And, yep, and with the Patriots. Patriots. He's, he's been their only real consistent offensive stud this year. And it's like, I don't know, a year and a half ago, I'd be like, whatever, you can pick up a guy in the seventh round from Florida Atlantic and he can do what Ramondre Stevenson did. Not so fast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay. Respect for running backs. I like that. I like where we landed on that. What's next? Okay. Let's do a couple bets. Oh. We're coming back. Last week, we're coming back. All right. Good. We're 21 and 24 on the year. And this is an interesting slate this week. And I think this gives us a little inroad to talk about the games and how, how Vegas views these teams. The first one. And I feel strongly, this is one of the things I think we should pick. The Bengals minus three on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think that the public, I think Vegas is preying on the public's support of Tom Brady. And I don't think these teams are three points apart, no matter what field they play on. Yeah. Um, the, so you have to factor in that it's football and surprising things happen. And Tampa is not bereft of talent. And mm-hmm. then at this point of the year, I think a hard thing to account for is who's playing and for what. And so the Bengals certainly feel like they are playing hard and trying to win their division. Tampa Mm -hmm. Bay is ahead. Just looking at the standings, like it would seem like they still have a reason to be competitive, but damn, that was ugly last week. And every week we got a new story about Tom Brady thinking about going to a new city. Apparently last week he didn't even take a shower, which is absolutely disgusting because he was so upset about the loss that he decided to to not take a shower and fly across the country. I don't know how that made the loss feel any better or worse, but whatever. The point is, I don't have any faith in Tampa None. whatsoever. Three points seems, I guess they're home. Three points doesn't seem like enough. I think I'm I'm with you. We got to go. 
Cincy to win by more than three. Yeah, I, I actually believe. I mean, look, this Tampa team hasn't scored more than three touchdowns since October second. Right. We're two months, two and a half months since this team has, has put up a good offensive performance, and it's not. I'm not saying Cincinnati's some offensive, like complete offensive juggernaut, and they're going to need to score forty to stay with them. Obviously, Cincinnati's more well rounded than that. But this Tampa Bay team. We're, we're way more focused on the names on the back of these jerseys than oh, yeah. how they've actually played football this year. Yeah. And I think that that's what the betting line is about. And I would be, I would be fairly stunned if Cincinnati didn't handle business in this game. Yeah. Cincinnati held Cleveland to 10, held Kansas City to 24, held Tennessee to 16, and somehow gave 30 to Pittsburgh. Oh, we got to stop it. Let's just look back three weeks. Let's yeah. not look back four weeks. So the last three weeks... Just select whatever trends you need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And before that, they gave up 21 to uh, the Panthers, but they scored 42. So that was probably a lot of garbage time points that they just let fly. Yeah, I like this. Let's go. I don't want to okay. do any more research because it's going to talk me out of this good bet that we got going. This one's, yeah, that one's, you know, a lot of a lot of heart and guts in that. In that we had a question that I want to throw at you that was on Get Up This Morning. They asked me, who would you bet on to win more or to go to more AFC championship games from this point forward, Mahomes or Burrow. And I'm asking you because you know that I get high on that Mahomes. And anytime there is a question that involves Patrick Mahomes, I'm blinded by the addiction to Patrick Mahomes greatness. And so my answer was Patrick Mahomes. And then I came up for with a reason for my answer, but I got to be honest. It was an emotional response. Like, no, the answer is always Patrick Mahomes. So I think the answer is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I, I really do. I yeah. actually think both. I think the, I, the case for Burrow, much weaker division. Uh -huh. That This was the case for Tom Brady for 15 years in uh, when he was in New England, which is you get the first round by, you only have to win one game. So in theory, if they can build a juggernaut, I'm not sure that that's a much weaker division, but go ahead. There you go. But I guess the, the thing I would say is, you know, you have Justin Herbert in that division who looks like he's going to be one of the four or five quarterbacks that really matter. Right. Um, you're going to have to play him twice a year. It's going to be hard to be the team that's always the number one seed, which is really like that's if we're really asking who's going to make more FC championships, it's 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 saying, who has a chance to get the one seed yeah, more often. Who's going to basically beat the algorithm and how it can get the one seed in, in enough times more than the other team that they have the advantage to get there. Um, I just think Mahomes is better. I also think that the way that they built this team, this offseason with the Tyreek trade, they're right. setting it up for the next 10 years. Like yeah. the whole point was that this was supposed to be something they're building for the future. That was, that was the rationale that I came up with after my emotional uh, response was we've seen Patrick Mahomes and the, and the um, Chiefs remade post big contract post Tyreek Hill and still have success. We've yeah. yet to see that out of Cincinnati, but you gave me another argument is the division. While you say the AFC North is easier. Nah, we, mm. we got, we got the chiefs and the Ravens. I was excuse me, not the chiefs, the um, Steelers and the Ravens. They're never bad. I don't know what right. suggests to you that they're just going to be trashed for the next 10 years. Whereas that other division, the Broncos can't get right. And I don't know what's up with the 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 Chargers curse 
Yeah, and the Raiders are. And the Raiders, like, yeah, I, I, I like. I'm feeling better about my Chiefs pick. All right, what's the next? Okay, and the I will say, interesting. Before this year, I would have actually said Josh Allen in the buck or in the in the Bills Bills, because I I was like Patriots are down, the Jets are the Jets, and the Dolphins the Dolphins. Now the Jets have something going, the Dolphins have something going, and we'll see with the Patriots. Um, Next, I got it's a this is my homes bet. So they're playing the Texans, and I I don't want they're 14 point favorites. I think that's impossible to bet. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do want to bet their team total at over 30.5 after last week. I just feel like they're going to run it up on this Texans team. Yeah, I like that. I like that as a bet. Yeah, the you can't bet that they're going to win by two touchdowns. That's just disrespectful. Lovey Smith is going to. I mean, they put up a good fight last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, I think the Texans are spent. I'm trying to figure out how, how this could go the other way. But last week was the Texans Super Bowl. They're not going to come out and do it again this week. And they they still lost that game. So I, I think you're right. This is an easy bet. I don't think there's much more to talk about for this particular game. Who's playing quarterback? Are they still rotating QBs over there in Houston? That's right. We got oh. uh, Jeff Driscoll rotating in with who's I can't even remember who the, who the other uh, Davis Mills. Yeah, Davis. Um, so that's it. That's I got another over. Cameron's some overs this week. Uh, Eagles and Bears over 48 and a half. I wonder what you think about this one. And I, I, I said this because I was looking at the Eagles past few weeks. Their games have been so high scoring. Yeah. Like, I think, let me, let me get the exact numbers for you from their last three games. Because last week, they won 48-22 over the Giants. The week before, it was 35-10 over the Titans. The week before that, it was 40-33 over the Packers. Um, so they've, they've have been in high scoring games over the last month. Again, perfect, perfect three-week trend because if you go back four weeks, it's 17-16 over, over the Colts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. It's How does this go wrong? Like outside of injury or something like that, it's just it goes wrong if the Bears completely collapse and don't hold up their end of the bargain and at least put up, I don't know, 20? Right. So the way I see it – so. What if we talked about with the uh, with the Eagles, what their flaw is? Like they're, they can allow I mean, the run. They're yeah, but they've gotten some players healthy, and yeah. also you know I don't respect that as a legitimate flaw. But okay, yes. No, I'm just saying like, but like I'd say in theory, the mm-hmm. way that we don't get this is the game becomes slower because the Bears yeah. are able to get some first downs running the ball, and there yeah. are just fewer possessions, and then the points per possession matter less because there are fewer possessions. The other side of that is what if Justin Fields rips off some 70-yard runs because he can against this defense. Yeah, I don't see him doing that either. I don't know if I like this one. I don't know if I like this one. We can skip this one. We'll X X that one out. Nope, we're doing it because the Eagles are going to score at least 30. The Bears can give... No, we're going to... I got to open the Komodo on this. Every time we we have one of these, I'm not sure if we should do it. I'm not sure. We always end up doing it. And those are the bets we always do. The ones that we disagree on. We end up losing every time. All right. Good job. Good job. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Drop it. All right. Next one. This is a, you know, dealer choice to you. 49ers are three-point favorites on the road against the Seahawks. I think they're just a lot better. The Seahawks have been really weird lately. I understand that that line, if you asked me a couple uh, weeks ago, is probably right because the Seahawks have been pretty solid. We could Mm -hmm. bet the money line in this game. Um, Or we could take the minus three. Let's take the money line. I like the okay. money line. Um, and the Seahawks defense, man. Oh, right. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I mean, I think the I'm not sure the history of Shanahan 
versus Seahawks defenses. I, I feel like it's probably favorable to uh, Shanahan, but certainly this Shanahan offense, assuming the uh, Brock Purdy doesn't like turn into a pumpkin and he can still do what he's been doing the last couple of weeks, I see them putting in work. So, yeah, I, I got them winning that game probably by more than three, but I'll take the safety of the money line with you. All right. And then the second one from that game, and I wonder, so wonder how you feel about this because this one's uh, it's harder to predict, but it's Seahawks team total under 20.5. Like the 49ers defense has been so dominant and they have mm-hmm. allowed 17 or fewer points in the last five weeks. Another selected cutoff. Um, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's like the, the, the Seahawks have explosive players on their offense and that's a, that, that is a low team total. But they're playing the best defense in the NFL. And that D-line is pretty impressive. Uh, I like it. I like it. All right. Let's do I it. I like it. Let's do it. How many bets is that? Four bets this week. Four bets. All right. And what are we What are we down? We're overall, we're 21 and 24. So this yeah. will put us back uh, over 500. I like this. We got to go undefeated this week. We are. We've got all these weeks. We've got the playoffs. We're going to creep back into the money. I'm very confident in the fact that we will creep back in the right direction. Um, over the next seven weeks. That's right. Seven more weeks of bets. Um, so next season, next season, we're betting real money. We got to oh, yeah. next season. We got to yeah. bet real money next season. Not just going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. The problem is both of us live in D.C., so it's going to be more we're going to drive to Maryland to do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more difficult for us to make these bets. All right, Charlie, fun times. Appreciate you doing this with me. Sarah Abbott, Adi Khan, always appreciate you. And of course, the great Christina Buswell. You all are really awesome. Happy holidays. I shouldn't say happy holidays yet because we're going to be back doing more shows. Anyway, bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.